Welcome to the Agency Secrets Podcast, where we share the best hacks, tips, and tricks to scaling a profitable digital marketing agency online. My name is Tom Wedding. Let's get to it. Perfect. All right. All right. Hey guys, Tom Wedding back here again with another one of these valuable live streams. Today I have with me Chris here. I'm super excited for this one. Um, and yeah, um, if you could jump in and introduce yourself, that'd be great. Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Chris McLean. Um, I'm an ex-agency owner. Um, I sort of ran an interactive agency. Um, technically, we started off as a back in the day digital didn't really exist yet so we sort of essentially started off as a uh, as a multimedia agency and um, this is sort of 2001 2002 so way back in the the pre-dawn of um, digital but essentially we're, we're a digital agency uh, we're building websites like hand coding stuff in macromedia dreamweaver building flash animations in macromedia flash before adobe bought all of that pack up um, so it goes back a bit in time, but essentially full service digital. Um, we grew into sort of full service interactive and sort of cutting edge tech and new media. Um, so 2009, 2010, we started playing with VR, AR, eye tracking, um, very, very early days of augmented reality and gesture control and eye tracking and touch screens and all of that. So we commercialized a lot of that stuff for clients. Um, I eventually took that business over to the Middle East and ran it for a few years in Abu Dhabi, in Dubai, um, in, in the UAE, um, and then sort of exited the business in around 2016, 2017, um, and then came back home in the 2018. And off the back of that, there was sort of a 15-year journey from literally me and my best mate starting something because we didn't want to work for anyone else um, and sort of coming all the way through to a seven-figure um, multiple global, um, you know, we served major airlines, we worked with sort of Coca-Cola, um, big shopping malls, so building up to quite a, a decent sized agency. We were 30, 40 staff sort of at the top end of, of what we were doing. Um, so sort of zero all the way up and back down again. Um, sort of exited out of the, the industry, the agency at the end of that sort of probably a little bit of burnout more sort of psychological burnout for me um, almost almost spiritual burnout if you want to sort of classify to something where I kind of got to a point where I guess my values and my vision and my mission and that kind of thing had been bubbling away I'd been on that um, actually I've seen it yourself recently sort of starting this personal development self-actualization journey I started that journey for myself a decade ago, sort of a few years into the business. Um, I sort of started to question stuff. I wanted to grow the business. And instead of really necessarily just looking at the business, I started looking at, well, if I grow myself, then I'll grow the business. So that was sort of always my perspective on things that if I make myself better, then I can, whatever I do will grow and, and that'll contribute to whatever I'm doing. So that was kind of always my perspective. Um, so over that time, I also did a little bit of coaching. I did. I joined sort of an affiliate marketing company, got into digital marketing, that side of things, um, and did some brand, sort of brand vision, brand value coaching for a few years there. So coaching was kind of something I always wanted to get back to. Um, as I said, 2018, I arrived back in Melbourne, 
started working at CMO at a sustainability um, coffee cup startup, completely random, um, and sort of learned all things regenerative and circular economy and sustainability, which is pretty interesting as well. Um, and then sort of COVID hit in 2020. And as everybody else in the world did, it sort of went, well, what do I actually want to do? Um, this, you know, the, the coffee cup company, we were sort of in the Rialto building in the city, which you'd be familiar with, um, and in cafes. And all of that went away with COVID, the cafe shut down. Yeah. And, you know, we were a mass market solution. And all of the, the thousands of people in the CBD vanished overnight. So that business technically sort of got iced. Um, but I learned a lot out of it. So I spent a bit of time, like, what do I actually want to do now? And now sort of got back into launching a coaching business. So I'm back into coaching. Um, and then on deciding what type of coaching I wanted to do, I started researching um, sort of five, six years ago, I got really into peak performance and flow states and sort of started really deep diving into flow hacking, the neurochemistry, the neurobiology of flow, peak performance, optimal routines, habit optimization, all that good stuff. Um, so now I bring that back to agency owners because um, essentially peak performance is burnout proofing. So if you optimize, if you schedule um, your active recovery and all this kind of stuff, it's, it's kind of the opposite of what we tend to do as agency owners, where we just kind of hustle and grind and pump through and just burn work and burn hours. Um, it's kind of built into that, to the agency culture, right? It's baked into, it's quite a toxic culture of hustle, grind, smash, work till 2 a.m. But the science actually points that that's actually really, really, detrimental actually just completely ineffective if you stay in that gray zone of just kind of pumping work out not working with your natural biorhythms taking breaks understanding your biology all this kind of stuff um, so having understood all of that um, i thought it was really important to kind of send the elevator back down um, back to myself when i was an agency owner and thinking back if i'd known this stuff back then what would i have done with it so that sort of brings me full circle to where I am now, sort of helping agency owners drive peak performance, you know, 8x their performance, get better habits, ritualize their, their days so that they're taking advantage of all of this kind of stuff, not burning out um, and actually being way more effective at what they do. So that's sort of a, a long story, hopefully relatively <laughs> short. <laughs> no, I love it. That's awesome, man. I think it's such a, such a huge topic to talk about, you know, um, and it's, it's not something that people talk about in this space. It's not, it's all, it's all strategy and business and, you know, agency, this agency, that it's, it's nothing to do with yourself. And, and even, you know, going on that journey of like self-development really, you know, there's such, like you said, that bad hustle culture. And I mean, it's, it's who can blame people, right? I mean, you look at everyone's like mentors or the people or heroes they look up to, right? And it's, you know, people like who are, who are basically saying that that stuff, like they're saying, Hey, you need a hustle. It's going to be hard work. It's going to be this, it's going to be that. Right. Yep. And because of that, people start believing that um, and just taking it at face value as the truth with as a match, actual fact, it's probably not right. Again, it's like based on what you believe to be the truth. So, yeah, I think let's, that's a good topic to talk about now is probably like, you know, if you could share, um, you know, some of your insights maybe of like, what's been really beneficial for you to, to really break out of that hustle culture and get into a state of like, you know, like you said, flow um, or just, you know, feeling more natural with your work and not feeling like it's forced. Right. 
Um, I will tell a quick story though yeah, um, sure. about that hustle culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be heavily ingrained in that, right? Because you know, you listen to Gary Vee or you know Grant Cardone or any any of the yeah. high level like sales people, marketers, like they say the same stuff. They're like, you got to work, you got to put the hours in. So I was when I was growing my agency, I, I put so many hours in. Like I was working like 13, 14 hour days, just no sleep. Like didn't care about sleep. Yeah. And it hit a point where I, I burnt out. And basically one night, I, it was like 2 or 3 a.m. I was working on my laptop and my eyes were like super strained. And I went to go to the toilet and I fainted, like just passed out wow. and went to hospital, have no recollection of what that night was. Um, and it was pretty crazy, like eye-opening experience to go through that, you know, hitting burnout and that point of just no return. Basically, it's like, you know, this is it. Like you got to change your habits, change the way you're working now. Otherwise you're going to, you're going to kill yourself basically. Um, And yeah, so yeah, I'd love to, you know, hear some insights from you. Feel free to share anything that's you found helpful to kind of break out of that, that hustle culture and, and keep, you know, moving forward with a healthy work habits. Yeah. That's a, unfortunately, it's probably not an uncommon story. Um, And a lot of people that work, I mean, agency employees as well as agency owners in the burnout rate, I was looking at some stats the other day. And the top, you know, the top big ad, ad agencies, their burnout rates were somewhere around 77, 75% in like your, your big cans and your BBDs. I mean, massive, massive numbers, not like a small percentage, like 70% of your staff burning out. That's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that, that's systemic, right? That's not just, and if you've ever worked in agency, like you know that that's just the culture. Um, no, I have friends in Dubai still who still work for social agencies and there's still even in 2021, there's still that stigma of if you are actually just kind of effective and productive, right, and you can come to work, smash your day, be done by five, but there's everyone else is kind of staying at work till 12 and you leave, they will glare at you and like watch you leave the office, like where the fuck are you going? Like we're not, we're, we're here till midnight. Like this is what we're doing. Exactly. So she finds herself just like hanging around sometimes just to be part of the culture, right? And not have that, that stigma of like, well, we're all here. Um, where are you going sort of thing? So it's, it's still really prevalent um, as much as we've grown up sort of spiritually, I guess, um, in the last decade or so the advertising industry still has it's still baked into the culture it's still it's like the last um and this last institutional um or this last institution that just still is has this way of thinking um mm. and it just hasn't caught up to the science and that, that and that's for me that's kind of where i look like what is the empirical evidence saying is it actually more effective to like smash a 14, 20 hour day, day on day, on day, on day, on week, on month, on year, is that actually effective? And if you've ever done it, you know that the answer is no, right? You feel, <laughs> they said, you work hard enough, you pass out at three in the morning because your body just goes, I'm out, I'm done. <laughs> like this, That's, that's it. Enough, I'm out. Your biology at some point just goes, this is not how I want to function. I just, I can't keep up functioning like this. Um, so I mean, essentially we want to get our biology working for us and not against us. And when we're, we're in that kind of gray hustle zone, we're not working with our biology. Now, there's a whole lot to it, but you know, essentially 
we have biorhythms, right? So we, we peak and trough during a day, we peak and trough over a week, over a month, um, these circadian rhythms. Um, so a day within the day, it's called an ultradian rhythm. So circadian rhythms are sort of your sleeping cycle. So 24 hours plus within 24 hours. So within a day, it's called an ultradian rhythm. So this is your daily biorhythms and they tend to peak sort of in 45 to 90 minute cycles. So that's why you have 45 minute time blocks, right? That's where that kind of um, that principle came from. So instead of just powering through four hours straight of work, you'll feel that you'll feel worse than if you hustle. You, you can still hustle, right? You can still hustle, but do it within a framework of I'm going to work really hard for 45 minutes. So I'm real, I'm topping out at that top end of performance, but I recognize that at some point that's going to peak. I'm going to start to drop off. And then at that point you want to recover and get into some active recovery, whether that's take a walk, take a break, stare at a wall, right? Even cognitive. So Doggo's just decided to join. She's always a, always manages to get herself featured on these videos um so something cognitively unstimulating is really good so if you're trying to activate a deep deep work you know, deep work cal newport's book is a great resource for sort of understanding what deep work looks like versus distracted work so very focused work if you're in that state you sort of want to keep that state to come back to so if you're really focused, you're in a peak state of consciousness, going off and having a conversation, jumping on social media, taking a phone call, that stuff kind of breaks you out of it. So ultimately you want to set your 90 minute to two hour, three hour time blocks where that's just your deep focus work. And then within that time block, you sort of want to oscillate through that 45 to 90 minute blocks with 10, 15, 20 minute breaks every sort of 45 minutes. That's the the ultimate very altruistic version of what you want to get to. But if you can, if you can at least get close to that, then you're going to be massively, massively um, better off than your steady state peers. So 45 minute work, 10, 20 minutes, whether you go for a walk, um, literally staring at a wall, like wall staring is actually a, um, it, it sort of down regulates stress hormones, down regulates the nervous system. It's there's no cognition, right? So you're not thinking of something, your sense of self doesn't kick back in. So this is sort of the, the neurochemistry and the neurobiology of what's happening. You you don't want the you know the ego and all that and the thinking and the okay, well, what have, what am I what have I got on next? Oh my girlfriend's gotta do this, I've got to go shopping. That so when that kicks off, you kind of drop out of state. So as much as possible in these breaks, you want to avoid that. So walking by yourself is good, staring at the wall, um, something that's light exercise is always good. Come back, drop into your next cycle and try and ideally, if you can get 90 minutes of that in a day up to you know three hours, if you can get three hours in the morning of that, by lunchtime, you will have smashed an entire week's worth of a normal person's workload. Um, yeah. So that's that's the uptick of doing this stuff on a regular basis is in terms of productivity. This is where we sort of talk about 500, 800% uh, boosts in productivity. And anecdotally up to sort of from what I've heard, anecdotally, some clients sort of come back around even like 3,000%, like 300x performance boost. 
which mm. is insane. Insane being if, even if you're if you're five times more efficient than your competitor or a colleague, that literally means you can go to work on a Monday and take the rest of the week off and still That's be doing it. and be <laughs> as effective. Exactly. And it's so it's so interesting because I find a lot of people like, you know, they they claim it as a victory to say, oh, I worked 14 hours today, you know, when in reality, you look at the actually productive hours of that 14 hour workday, and it's almost nothing, you know, because like you said, they're forcing it. And when you come from a place of force, it's not healthy at all. You know, your body doesn't agree with it. There's so much resistance, like it doesn't become easy or simple ever, you know, like you can, even if you you're doing 14 hours while you're you're super successful it's still the same you know you're still going to be forcing something that's not meant to be mm-hmm. i think that's so so cool how you brought up like the circadian rhythms and stuff like that i know nothing about that but i find it super <laughs> fascinating that it's a thing you know it's it's yeah. that's science that's based on evidence and, and truth so yeah i think it's super interesting for people to like hear about that um those kind of ways of, of getting around that that hustle you know um but yeah i love the way you put it of like time blocking that i think that's such a such a cool way to do it you know 45 to an hour of work and then take a break reset recharge and then get back into it and kind of go that way i think you get so much more productive work done as well um but yeah that's i really really appreciate you sharing that do you have yeah. anything else that, that you add on you would add on top yeah. of that yeah so i mean the the other you sort of touched on it there the other the other reason why most people are super ineffective and the, the, the statistics are somewhere around your average kind of knowledge worker, which we are like as agency owners, as creatives, coaches, consultants. Um, the average knowledge worker gets, about, it's about an hour and 53 minutes or something of work done in a standard eight hour day. So you're looking at, you say I've worked eight hours, I've actually only done, let's call it two hours of actual work in that day. And the reason of that is distraction. It's these things, right? It's notifications, pinging, it's colleague distraction, it's interruption. Um, we're in this, this hyper aware, always on techno- technological world where we're getting pulled by notifications and bings and blips and pings and our, our attention gets distracted so easily unless we deliberately and intentionally manage it. So most people are oblivious to the fact that you can manage it. Um, and the, again, the, the data is insane. Most people, the, the reason they get to that two hour, two hours of actual work in an eight hour day is that most people are getting distracted every seven or eight minutes, like notification. And it doesn't take much. Literally, if you in your periphery and notification lights up on your phone and you go to check it, that drops you out of deep work state. So it takes you off task and then to get back on task at a decent level takes about 15 minutes. Mm. So you're getting distracted every seven or eight minutes and then it's taking you 15 minutes to get back into some sort of effective work. So you do that math. (laughs) Not good. (laughs) Not too good. It doesn't really work out very well. And that's most people. And that's why, you know, there's a, this just kills productivity and it costs organizations a shit ton of money just in lost productivity because most people are this they're physically in the office for 10 hours but they're doing a couple of hours of actual work so that's Mm -hmm. where you can say if you can between 7 a.m and 10 a.m smash out three hours of deep hyper-focused work on your most important tasks 
by lunchtime, you've absolutely crushed your day and you start to open up and buy back time in the rest of your day for your life outside of work or just if you love coding, like a lot of us started businesses because we're creative and we love design, we love web design, we love coding, we love graphics, we love branding, we love to do that stuff, but then we become the business owner and we don't get the time to actually enjoy the stuff that we started the business for in the first place, right? We get sidetracked by having to now do the business stuff. So if you can start to buy back time in your afternoons, you know, that's where you can start to slot in all of your busy work as well, right? Your, your client meetings, you can there's stuff that might unravel. Right? And this is again why we want that time blocking in our in our in in every day. We want mm-hmm. these deliberate time blockings of this is my time where I'm going to crush my most important work. I'm going to get it done every single day. And then I've kind of got the rest of the afternoon for phone calls, client meetings, the day unraveling. Whereas most people go into work and at 9am, the day starts to unravel. Yeah. And then you get to the end of a month and you're like, I just, I haven't worked on that system that I was going to build. I need to get some more people. I need to explore that new opportunity. I need to actually do more client acquisition. And you just don't, you don't, you, how many times do agency owners say, I'd love to work, spend some time working on the business rather than in the business. Yeah, that's very true. That was my career. I don't need to work and do the strategy. But when you don't have that time set aside to do the strategy separate to the execution, again, you just, you, you're thinking about, right, what am I doing next? Okay, I'll do that. What am I doing next? Oh, there's a phone call. What? Am, okay, now I've got to look after this. And the day runs you rather than you running the day. Exactly. Yeah. Would That's- you say... um? Would you say like planning is a big part of this as well? Like planning out your days as well as you can? Because I know there's definitely, you know, in the agency space, especially there's so many tasks that are very spontaneous, you know, they pop up here and there. You might have a client call pop up here and there. Like there's just some things that are out of your control and you can't totally plan. So like, what would you say is like the workaround to those kind of things? Because obviously you can't time block every part of your day. Like there's things that pop up, there's things, stuff that happens. Like how do you kind of work around that? Yeah, so with, I mean, as you say, if you can block out some time in your morning, and again, this depends on your, your biorhythms, right? This is more on your sort of your, your circadian rhythms. Most people are going to be kind of more morning people. That's just kind of, again, the biology. Some people, they call them larks, like you're a lark or a night owl, right? If you're a night owl, you perform better actually late at night. Some people work better there, but most people sort of fit in this sort of, lark morning bird um, where you're more productive you're mentally more switched on sort of in the morning period like 6 7 a.m between 6 and 9 is kind of your peak um, state for focus some really rare people crush it at 3 4 in the morning and some crush it sort of later at night 10 11 12 at night Um, but most sort of sit early so if you can set time aside in that time, maybe get up an hour early and do even do an hour of deep work, 90 minutes of deep work between before you head into the office on your most important tasks. So that's an important thing as well. Like what actually is your most important work? What is that? I've been talking a lot recently and sort of 80-20. Like what is the 80-20 of your business? What are the 20% of tasks? What are the two, three, one tasks that you can do every single day? that's going to grow your business, get more clients, 
improve your processes, right? Increase your margins, whatever that most important thing for you is. Identifying that is super, super critical. And then actually doing that thing every single day. Again, this is the optimal, this is sort of a aspirational, right? But even if you did it three or four days a week, that's more than you're doing it right now. So time block out 45 minutes, 90 minutes, three hours first thing in the morning. And then you've got the rest of the day for, as you were saying, client calls unraveling, this, the stuff that pops up. The other way you can manage that is to literally be very, very intentional with when you schedule that stuff in. So chunking is another way. Um, so basically you chunk all of your calls. So I'm going to check my, so for myself, I'll check emails, calls, all that stuff a few times a day. So I'm going to check it at, take a break at nine. I'm going to check everything then. I'm going to check it lunch at one o'clock and then I'll check at the end of the day. And that's kind of your checking time to respond to all your social, return client calls. Again, this is aspirational, but if you can kind of, again, just schedule that stuff in and then let clients know, like, this is when I'm contactable, I'm busy. If you're going to call me, I will call you back between 10 and 11, one and two and three and four. Like that's when you're going to hear back from me. Sometimes, again, aspirational, right? Sometimes there's urgency. Sometimes there's stuff that comes up. But a lot of the time that stuff's actually just, it's either unimportant, it's unnecessary. If you actually looked at what are the results of chasing that busy work or it'll just kind of disappear and the client can wait an hour. So the, again, this is that client agency operator relationship. It's sort of setting up that relationship in the first place. Um, and I think that, again, that's another part of agency culture that kind of needs a lot of work on the expectation of the clients of you are contactable 24, seven, 365, whenever I want to call you, you answer. Um, so that, that, that's an important aspect that you touched on there as well. Um, but again, just needs communication and needs boundaries set around it to say, look, you're important to me. For me as the business owner, these are the times that I check in. This is when I'll get back to you. And then can you scale? Can you get a VA to handle those calls if you're a smaller operation? Can you get a secretary if you're a bigger agency? So can you delegate and defer that work away from yourself as the owner? Because you know an hour chasing phone calls with clients is way less efficient and effective for you growing your business than an hour doing client acquisition or an hour building an, an onboarding platform, right? So it's identifying the right stuff, doing it every day and really just getting super, super intentional. Um, I, I refer to it as intentional chaos. That's sort of my, my performance protocol that I call intentional chaos. And this idea that chaos exists anyway, there's gonna be some form of chaos so we might as well pick the chaos that we want to <laughs> that we want to focus on in our lives. Unintentional chaos is that day you show up and the day just unravels and it's chaotic and you have no control over it. Intentional chaos is right. I'm going to choose to chunk my phone calls. I'm not going to answer client calls except for th these three times a day. That's a form of chaos because people might get pissed off at you expectations might have to be managed. There's some chaos involved in becoming unavailable because it's really different to what everyone else is doing. So that's a form of chaos, but it's intentional. 
because I'm deciding that these are my values. This is how I choose to operate because I know I'm more effective for my business and my team and my clients. I'm actually getting your work done better because I'm not talking to you on the phone, <laughs> right? So it's a deliberate intentional form of just managing chaos. And that's what gives you control ultimately is being very decisive, being very deliberate. And all of this plays into flow states, deep work, um, and using your biology to leveraging your biology to work for you. So that, really that, that was a long answer to a <laughs> simple question, <laughs> but there's a lot to this stuff. And I love going through it with people because I think particularly in this space, people just don't, they, they, as you say, they believe that agency owning equals hustle and grind. And that's just, that's the way to do it. Mm, exactly and this yeah it's like it's like the concept of there's a thousand ways to be right you know you could 100 hustle and make it work eventually right it, it could work and it works for some people yeah. but it's not going to be the long-term sustainable solution i think that most people want right mm. and that's why it's it surprises me when you know we speak about topics like this and not many people want to watch it they try and ignore it they're like oh my mindset is already perfect my routines are already perfect and that ignorance is like really what keeps fueling that hustle culture to go. Um, so yeah, I love, I love like talking about this stuff. Cause I think it's so important. Like, you know um, I've only recently gone into like more of a spiritual journey as well, which is like yeah. gone a bit deeper on that. And it's just, it's so sad to see that people won't even be open to the, the possibility of going on that journey. You know, mm -hmm. they're so closed into like the beliefs that they do have that it, it's, there's only one way they do things, you know, and that, that sense of like closed mindedness is, is really what fuels a lot of this like burnout and people quitting and people not finding passion or joy in what they do. And it's very sad to see. So yeah, I really appreciate you, you know, jumping on and sharing this stuff. Um, we'll probably like wrap up here in a couple of minutes, just not, yeah, don't sure. want to keep these like too long. Um, yeah, so people can actually consume them. again, people have short <laughs> attention spans usually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I guess the last question I have for you before we jump off is, um, you know, if you were to give people three action steps to do right now, you know, this week, um, what would those three things be? Turn off your phone or set all of them, literally switch off all of your notifications. And you see, I've even got raised to wake off. So like if I pick up my phone, it doesn't turn on. There's, I've got no, I mean, I get some notifications, but all my notifications are off. So it's not pinging, it's not distracting me turn your phone off switch it on flight mode that's the quickest way so you just put it on flight mode while you're in a deep while you're doing your deep work and then switch it back on when you want to do your calls stick it in another room stick it in a drawer remove the technology distraction because that is the number one thing that's just decimating your performance so remove that distraction secondly as we're saying actually work out what's your 20 percent what is the 20% of activities for you to do in your business that's going to generate the 80% or more of your results? Whatever it is you're trying to do, are you trying to get more clients? Are you trying to build better systems? Are you trying to increase your margins by having better delivery and better um, fulfillment processes? Whatever that is, what are the two to three activities that if you did them every day, everything else would be either redundant or unnecessary? And then third, schedule time into your calendar every single day to work on that stuff without your phone off without your phone on hyper focused zero distractions ideally three hours ideally more minimum let's say 90 minutes 
in your morning, in your afternoon, sometime in your day, block it off, get that work done, get focused, drop into flow. Those are the three top things that you can do. And they're super effective as well. If you can get those done, you'll, you'll smash steady state peers. Boom. I love that. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing, man. And um, yeah, I guess the last question is like, where, where can people find you if they want to, you know, find out about your coaching and want more help in these areas? Um, you know, I'll tag you in this, this Facebook post as well. So, you know, people can um, send you a message on Facebook, but yeah, where's the best place to find you? You can find me at thechrismcclean.com. So and find out um, some free training and all about my coaching programs in there. Um, they can also schedule a call with me. That's sort of where everything starts. If this interests you, if you're feeling burnout, um, drop on there, book in a call. We can have a chat about where you're at and see how we can add some of this stuff into your business. Um, I'm also at the Chris McLean on most social, um, on Twitter, Instagram. I'm Chris the dot Chris dot McLean. Someone took my handle on Instagram, which is annoying. Um, and I'm also Chris McLean or at the Chris McLean on Clubhouse. So if you're on Clubhouse, come and join the conversation over there. I'm looking to start up some rooms um, over there. And I'm launching a new podcast for agency owners as well and the agency community. So plenty going on, plenty of ways people can jump on, have a chat. And as you're saying, the, the goal is to start open this conversation within the industry, get more people at least moving from, as you're saying, that fixed mindset to a growth mindset of maybe I don't know anything, everything, and maybe there's something else I can do. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you jumping on. Um, yeah, feel Thanks free so to much. check out Chris, guys. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely stay in touch with Messenger on you. And yeah, hopefully everything goes good this, this week with everyone and, and they implement some of those things you've told them. Um, I'd love to see, you know, you guys, if you have any wins, feel free to shoot me a message. Feel free to shoot Chris a message. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it from this video, guys. So I will see you all later. Thank you for jumping on, Chris. Um, Pleasure, I'll Tom. catch you later. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, guys.